Hi guys, welcome to a new episode of Cup of Joe on this uh, Tuesday, the 6th. Um, I'm here with Peyton again. Uh, Peyton, say what's up. What's up? Uh, Today on the show, we're going to talk final thoughts on the 2021 NCAA tournament. Uh, Peyton's going to give us a short MLS preview. We're going to discuss the end of Ohio State's disappointing basketball season that finished a couple weeks ago. Um, we're going to talk a little Blue Jackets, um, then we're going to discuss LeBron's legacy a little bit, and, uh, we'll go, uh, the Space Jam trailer came out, I just showed it to Peyton, so we'll give our thoughts on that for closing remarks. Um, so, as, if you guys didn't know, the, uh, national championship game was last night for the NCAA tournament, uh, first time back in two years um, since the COVID hiatus last year. Um, Peyton, any closing thoughts on the tournament? I mean, minus the national championship game, one of the better tournaments we've had in a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've heard some backlash from others saying that it really didn't live up to its hype. Um, I don't know how... No, no. I disagree mm-hmm. completely. This March was so fun. Um, it is something two years in the making. Um, missed it greatly. Well, blessed to be back. I mean, I'm just people should just be grateful we got a tournament. Like exactly. literally, like because COVID's still an ongoing thing, and like it's like one of those things. Just be grateful for what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my final thoughts on the tournament was I think. You know, UCLA was a lot better than we thought. I mean, they got some they got some players on that team. I mean, Tiger Campbell, um, and I saw, actually, I meant to tell you, Peyton, um, so a power rankings came out last night for oh, yeah. next year's tournament, and UCLA is, like, at the top. Um, I mean, good for them. I mean... They show that they can hang with the big boys. Well... My thing is, like, they must have a lot of returning guys because, like... I mean, yeah, they gotta. Or they're recruiting really well or something like that. Um, So, I mean, I think this tournament was kind of a Pac-12 tribute. I mean, it was really, like, we gotta start putting some more respect on the, the boys out west. I mean, and I was joking. I was like, maybe the Pac-12 just tried to save for the tournament and they just you know all year they were just fooling us they were just like yeah we're just gonna you know save our tires until the tournament so maybe that was it and maybe the big 10 you know use their tires up too soon like in a like in a nascar race if you use up your tires too soon you're gonna have to change them out and you can get behind so i mean they were impressive i mean yeah i mean like juzang is a baller tiger campbell Super duper good. Jaime Hawkins didn't really play all that great on um, what was that Sunday? Uh, no, 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 not Saturday Sunday. night. Saturday night. Yeah. Um, but those guys are ballers. That's a good team right there. Ohio State beat them pretty good um, at the beginning of the season. Clearly, the Buckeyes didn't hang around for uh, too long in this tournament. Got bounced by a exciting Oral Roberts team there in the first round, but. Well, that's they, the, got, they got infinitely better well, throughout the season. That's the frustrating thing as an Ohio State fan. Like, we beat that team. Mm-hmm. We beat UCLA, and, you know, it's like, 
Like, didn't we beat them? Like, not handily, but, like, I'm pretty sure we had a, you know, firm, like, grasp on the game. Yeah. Like, pretty much all. And uh, that was within, like, the first month of the season as well. So, clearly, both teams grew a lot. Um, I don't really remember much from that game, but the Buckeyes did beat that UCLA Bruins team. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we beat them. It's em- sad that... It's sad that we uh, we couldn't play any deeper into the tournament. We beat them by seven back in like I think it was like November or December. Mm-hmm. Um, but John Juzang, uh, I hope he gets drafted, man. I mean, he could be like a key contributor on an NBA team. I mean, the dude reminds me. I don't know who his comp would be, but he's just such a smooth player. Like I don't know, like. His mid-range is undefeated, man. Like, he can just pull up for mid-range anytime he wants, mm-hmm. take it to the rim. Like how He, he... has a nice soft touch around the around the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, in that game that ended up leading to the buzzer beater by Suggs, I mean, he missed that shot, picked up his own rebound, put it back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty smart to get back on defense there. Obviously, the, the shot was contested. It wasn't just some open open half quarter well i mean suggs made that play and uh ended up getting knocked off well that's the thing like the shot was contested like you know i think like it wasn't like they let him like run up and shoot a wide open half quarter like Mm -hmm. the shot was contested and uh i'm looking at uh so i'm looking at their roster here and uh i mean did you know they have like no scene they have one senior on the roster. Really? That and it was uh Chris Smith. And he I don't even remember his name, honestly. No offense to Chris Smith, but I don't even remember him being in the yeah, in the rotation. But I mean like Tiger Campbell, sophomore. Um like Cody Riley, uh Redshirt Junior, Jules Bernard Junior, um, Hakez, sophomore. So a lot of these guys, uh, Juzang, uh, sophomore. So a lot of these guys are sophomores. So, I and mean, if they're not going into the draft. I'm assuming they're going to stick around. They're going to build, build great chemistry again with uh, Mick Cronin and his staff. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see where this UCLA Bruins team can go. I think let's hop over to the the national championship game sure. here for a couple minutes. Um, I had the pleasure to watch it over here at the uh, the Bix house. Yes, sir. It was a great night. The crib. The great, great game. Um, Baylor Bears, insane. I mean, the thing about Baylor is, like, they have three guards, three elite guards. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're almost, they all play the same way. Yep. But there's three of them. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to guard on the outside because, like, you saw last night, Timmy was getting switched onto those guys. And Timmy's got no shot on the outside. No. Literally, like, no shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and uh, he, they're just blowing right by him. Like, you know, and again, Davion Mitchell, uh, Jared Butler, and Massey Teague, like, they're just all, like, they're all these speedy, like, elite guards. And it's just. Yep. It's insane, man. And then they have a uh, mayor like off the bench, and you know he's a hooper. And then they have Vital inside, who's huge, yeah. like a big presence down low. So I mean, they just like they impress me. And I think the guys said it on the broadcast last night, like you know, 
like Gonzaga just ran into a buzzsaw, and you know, for a long time, you know, uh, there we thought Gonzaga was the buzzsaw, but it turned out to be Baylor. So I mean, like Baylor is just, and it was kind of they were kind of one of those teams where like you knew they were good, but I didn't know they were this good. Exactly, and their production off the bench was very, very impressive. Adam Flagler had 22 minutes. He had 13 points. Three for four from deep. Um, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his, uh, this young man's name. Jonathan. John, let's just call him Jonathan with uh, Jonathan TT. Jonathan, that's what we're going uh, to call him. I was going to say Jonathan T. Yeah, Jonathan T. Yeah. He played some clutch minutes down the stretch. Had he not been in foul trouble, Jonathan TT, Mark Vital, those are my my key players to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played great perimeter defense. They run the floor so well. I talked about that last week. He t- he talked about that last night. You literally were like, they just run the floor so well. So well. And they're so good around the rim. Um, I don't have that pulled up here, but the offensive rebounds for Baylor in the first half was unbelievable. I think they were out shooting Gonzaga for the s- for most of the first half. Mm-hmm. Almost two to one because of Gonzaga turnovers, Gonzaga off or uh, Gonzaga giving up offensive rebounds. Yeah, we talked about that last night. I mean, Baylor was just kind of pushing them around on the offensive boards. Um, but I'm looking through this, Peyton, and like, you know, people were always talking about all year, like, oh, Gonzaga's like whooping teams left and right. Well, look at Baylor's like run to the you know the championship. Exactly. Like, so. They whoop Hartford, which was kind of expected. Mm-hmm. They're a 16 seed. A dangerous 9 seed in Wisconsin. They beat them by 13. Then Villanova, who's always dangerous with Jay Wright. They beat them by 11. They literally, And then they beat Arkansas with Eric Musselman, which, I mean, they're like, you know, Eric Musselman led that Nevada team, you know, uh, once upon a time. Yeah. They, they went to the Sweet 16, yep. I think. And then they, you know, beat the snot out of Houston by 19, held them to 38% shooting from the field. And then, like, they beat Gonzaga. The freaking, you know, the perfect season was on the line. And personally, I would have liked to see the perfect season. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, Baylor, as we said, Baylor's just such a buzzsaw. Like, and that's I- just their tournament run. I mean, they had some, some trouble there. Um, with COVID, they obviously had that game on December the 5th against Gonzaga in um, was yeah. the Maui Invitational did or that one get, of those tournaments. Did that get canceled? Yes, it did. That's, yes, it did. Well, that was a national championship preview. Exactly. exactly. Isn't that good? Um, but yeah. before that game, they beat a great Illinois team. Clearly, Illinois did not show up in the in the tournament, but they were fantastic throughout the uh, the regular season. Um, December 13th, they had a game against Texas. That would have been a good game against Shaka Smart and the Longhorns. Clearly, he's not there anymore, but where did, um, he was there. Where did he go? Uh, Marquette, I believe. It's kind of weird. I think that's kind of downgrading in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, but apparently he's been on the hot seat there for a couple years. They have underperformed. Um, they were probably looking to part ways here soon. So he's going to be able to settle down with Marquette and DJ Carton. I miss that guy for uh, for the Buckeyes, but he was a spark <clears throat> off the bench, bro. Like, so who did Texas hire? Um, have they hired a coach yet? 
I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. Ah. Uh, but, um, but to keep running through Baylor's regular season schedule, they beat a 15 uh, Texas Tech, um, then a Kansas. They beat a good Oklahoma State team. Um, they then beat Texas later on, which they were ranked number six in the country. Um, they had a five-game layoff um, where they were supposed to play TCU, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Oklahoma State again. I imagine that was due to COVID. Um, and then they beat Kansas. Oh, excuse me. They lost to Kansas by 13 in February mm-hmm. and then finished off a pretty pretty tough end-of-the-year schedule, knocking off a tough Bob Huggins West Virginia team, um, beating Oklahoma State again, beating Texas Tech. Kansas State's not a, a runaway team. Um, but, yeah, the Whoa. Baylor Bears, you mentioned it last week on the pod. Um, they kind of came into this tournament on the low. Obviously, they were high-ranked throughout the entire season. Um, but, mm-hmm. no, they are they're gamers. Well, like, they're just so, like, well-balanced. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I looked at it right here. Like, you know, uh Davion Mitchell, the dude, I, he literally reminds me, same number, almost the same name as Donovan Mitchell. So he averages 14, and then Jared Butler averages 17, and then Massio T. They're just so... And the crazy thing about Jared Butler is, I, th- I believe, I think I just exited out of it, but he, I think he was the leading scorer for, but- or, uh, for Baylor last night, and so... it was almost silent. I did not feel like he... like. Impacted the like, game. He clearly impacted the game. Yeah, he, I'm he, not not selling this guy short, but the not that they could have been without him because clearly they did and they won, whatever, but there were so many other step-up guys that played good quality minutes that almost overshadowed maybe the best player on that Baylor team. He yeah. had 22, by the way. Um, so he was the he was the first guy um, since Carmelo Anthony to I think have a twenty point seven assists. Is mm-hmm. that what it was in the national championship? Yeah. Which is impressive for Carmelo because Carmelo is not really known as a assist guy. So no, that's not at all. Nah, he's more of an isolation guy. So definitely impressive. Um, so now Peyton's going to give us a, uh, little bit of an MLS preview because the cruise starts, uh, remind me when the cruise first game is. Cruise first game this Thursday, April 8th. That's in the CONCACAF tournament. Um, they are going to be playing, uh, the Primera Nicaraguan league champions, um, Real Esteli. Um, sounds like a type of spaghetti or a spaghetti company, but <laughs> yeah. I'm really looking forward to this match here on Thursday. Um, that's going to be the first leg. Second leg will also be on the following Thursday, April 15th. Um, they will be playing at the Historic Cruise Stadium. Um, two late games. I think they're going to be starting at about 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Really, really looking forward to this upcoming cruise season. Um they then open up their regular season, the MLS regular season, with a tough Eastern Conference opponent um, in the Philadelphia Union on Sunday, April the 18th. Um, I believe that they were the Supporters', supporters Shield um, champions um, from last season, uh, meaning that they are the top top team on that Eastern side there. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up getting bounced in the MLS um, 
the MLS playoffs there. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, really looking forward to watching this crew team play. Um, they've got so much depth. They've added so many key pieces um, in this offseason to a roster that won the MLS Cup back in December. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they could have made another deep run had they not made any additions. Um, but they have We've been- they have been adding players left and right. Here are some depth players that I'm looking to get some some key minutes from. Also some off season acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Um, Perry Kitchen, um, he's a, a good role player. Um, he might even play some uh, defensive back. Um, for the crew, he was playing for um, the LA Galaxy before the crew got a hold of him. Marlon Harrison was playing for Minnesota. Kevin Molino was playing for Minnesota, and then veteran forward Bradley Wright Phillips. I know that he's like top five all time in uh, MLS goals. Really? Sub- maybe it's top ten. I think it's top five, but top five uh, is impressive, man. He is a gamer, brother of. Uh, uh, Sean Wright Phillips, who played for uh, several teams in uh, the Premier League, mm-hmm. um, maybe played some Bundesliga as well. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing his production behind um, Jossie Zardes. Um, the, the I'm uh, I cannot get over this starting lineup for the crew. You obviously have Lucas Zellerey on, who was the newcomer of the year last year. Mm-hmm. He is. Potentially the most exciting guy in the MLS. Obviously, you got uh, Pozuelo for uh, Toronto. Um, you got Vela for um, for LAFC. Mm-hmm. Um, Inter Miami's got a couple guys. Whatever. Lucas Zellerayon is a game changer. You got Jossie Zardes up playing striker. Um, I've got a couple friends that have talked pretty negatively about. Um, Jossie Zardes play and how he could be replaceable and yada 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 Mm -hmm. but Jossie Zardes does so much more than just score goals he is a he is a great defensive forward Um, I'm looking forward to seeing his play this year Jonah Mensah um, I feel like he got snubbed of defensive player of the year in the MLS yeah Um, I forget who won that Um, maybe he won it no I don't think he did um but he was a defensive stronghold in that um, latter half of the defense. Um, Pedro Santos, I feel like he's been around for the crew for several years now. I'm looking for great production. Mm-hmm. And then you've got supporting cast um, there, even in the starting lineup. You've got Artur, Harrison Offal, Derek Etienne, Luis Diaz, Josh Williams, Milton Valenzuela, Milton Valenzuela who um, has played some significant time with the U23s um, for Argentina. Um, and then Aloy Room to uh, to play some goalkeeper. This crew team, you like I, it. I am incredibly impressed with this crew team. They've got a tough first five matches. Um, they play the the Union at home. They play Montreal, who is not very good. Um, they play them away, but it's not in Canada. It's going to be in Florida because of the the border restrictions. Yeah, yeah. So. I'll just add in my two cents. Um, so actually, it's interesting because I think the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, an NBA team, low off topic, but I think they have to play their games in like Tampa. Yes, yeah, yeah. and that's similar because I forget where exactly they're playing, but yes, it's somewhere 
near Tampa, Miami. Yeah. One of those nice budding cities down there in Florida. But well, some people are calling them the Tampa Raptors now, and actually, like that actually flows nice. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, obviously, when COVID kind of subsides, more subsides, they'll go back to Toronto. But Toronto home games are actually pretty. Liddy, honestly, yeah, like yeah. they're uh, especially they're... since they've won the championship. Yeah, they've got a great supporter system in Drake. <laughs> well, yeah, we were in our pre-show. We were listening to some Drake. Um, he's like a ambassador for them. I think it's kind of cool because he's like too. a part of the team. Um, but uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Drizzy Drake if he's out there listening to the pod. Probably not. Probably but not. But we just got to put it out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to finish out that five match stretch, yeah. they got Philly, Montreal. Then they play DC United, a bad team at home. A tough match after that DC United game against Toronto. Um, luckily, they lost a stunner to, uh, I th- believe it was Nashville, um, in the playoffs. And then to round out that um, five-game stretch, they play New England. Um, Gustavo Bo. Um, mm-hmm. That was a tough team. Um, running through the MLS playoffs, luckily the crew came out on the right side of that. I am really looking forward to this um, this crew this crew season. Um, they're going to be opening up the new stadium on what looks like July third. That's also going to be a game against New England. Um, That's exciting. That is very exciting. Looks good too. Looks really good. I've driven past it a couple times on my way up to Nationwide Arena to watch. Um, the devastating Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll get um, yeah, we'll but, get to them later. <laughs> but that but that stadium's beautiful. Um, the Arena District is booming. I cannot wait to watch some games down there um, at the new um, Columbus Crew Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, this this season is going to be exciting. Um, if you're in the betting, um, I know I've been talking with my friend Max down in Florida. Shout out to him. Um, I'm saying put all your money on the Columbus Crew. Those odds are good to win the MLS Cup. They yeah. added some great additions to the team. They're bringing back a stout roster. I'm looking forward to this Columbus Crew season. Nice. Um, yeah, um, definitely soccer is one of those things that I kind of got into hockey like later because um, a lot of my friends like, like the Blue Jackets mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So soccer is definitely something I'm going to have to get into. We're gonna have to catch a game. Uh, yeah, definitely. Down at the the new the new stadium. Well, definitely. I mean, we that'd be like a movie, bro. Like yeah. going into that new stadium, like that'd be so iconic. Absolutely. Um. All right. Uh, so our next topic is we discussed the end of Ohio State's disappointing basketball season. So I'll kind of I'll lead into this. So I mean, obviously, I mean they had I thought. I mean, they had a good roster, obviously. Um, They had a deep roster, obviously, with... But, like, the roster was deep, but, like, we didn't really have, like... We didn't have, like, a Luka Garza. No. And we didn't have, like, a Jalen Suggs. Or, like... EJ Liddell is a great player. That's not what we're saying. I'm going to piggyback off that, too. We do not have a star player. Dwayne Washington... Played great down the stretch in the Big Ten tournament. I think he scored the most points that anyone had scored in the Big Ten tournament. I think it um, was third. Third all time? Okay, something like third, that. Yeah. He played a great Big Ten tournament. Whatever. Yeah. So, the Buckeyes did not have a consistent superstar. 
on that yeah. roster. Okay, so they didn't have a superstar. Yeah. We we had a star, but like Luca Garza and Jalen Suggs and you know uh, Io from Illinois, mm-hmm. they're superstars. In yep. you know, and like I would consider like. Davion Mitchell, he's like a super, or like Jared Butler, superstar. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like one of those things where like, I don't know, it's almost like we, you know, so we, we lost four in a row going into the Big Ten tournament, and I'm like, right. oh great, like, you know, here we go. And then they get hot in the Big Ten tournament, and they beat the three teams that they lost to during the regular season. That literally they they beat the three teams in the Big Ten tournament that they did not beat all year. So I'm like, oh, maybe we're peaking at the right time. Maybe we're starting to find like our footing. And then they lost to Illinois, but they played a great game against Illinois. No harm, no foul. And then they just get against this Oral Roberts team that was just so exciting uh, underseeded like i just thought like they were not a 15 seed man they were more of a 10 seed yeah. in my opinion so i mean it was just like and that game was like it was just hard to watch because we had like so many chances at the end to like get it done and like we just could not get it done and again we we did a whole episode last week about free throw shooting but like Gotta make your free throws, man. Which is something that the Buckeyes kind of did well all season. Yeah. Uh, CJ Walker clearly led the country in free throw percentage. Mm-hmm. He was a juggernaut at the line. Literally, he was insane. Like 95%, if I recall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's so sad to think of where this team could have been. They could have played on Monday night, is what... Uh, it's... It's, oh, it is devastating to think of where this team could have been, what they ended up resulting to in in the tournament. It's sad. So what I'm going to move on to next is this this roster that we're going to be coming back to. We're just not. A, we're just not a, to finish up on the tournament. We're just not a good tournament team. No. I'm sorry. I'm, like since I don't think we've even made it to a Sweet 16 since like 2013, and it's just like. We're just not a great tournament team. And some I mean, people are trying to put Holtman on the hot seat. I don't think that's what it's going to result to. He's one of the... I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. He has proven himself. Yeah. I think he was at Gardner-Webb. Bounced over to... Uh, not BYU. Um, Butler. Mm-hmm. He he led that team. Um, and then he's really proved himself at Ohio State. Clearly, we haven't made a deep NCAA tournament run. We have yet to win a Big Ten tournament. Um Championship. We came close. We, we came, came super close. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally, but this super was a close. deep, deep Big Ten. Um, a couple of those last games didn't really fall our way, but whatever. So um, we'll talk about the roster that probably will be returning next year. Um, I mean, I still like this team. Like, obviously, like if you're saying to fire Holtman, you know, let's quiet that, you know, noise right now. I mean, he's a great coach. I, I you know, literally has had success everywhere he's been from Gardner-Webb to Butler to now Ohio State. So I, I don't think it's time to fire Holtman at all. I mean, so probably the roster will look like this um, when we come back, probably next, uh, the winter of like going into 2022. Um 
So we'll have Michi, and I'm really excited about Michi Johnson, and we'll have Jimmy Sotos, and I don't know if you saw, we got a transfer from Penn State. Yes, uh, something Wheeler, right? Wheeler. He averaged two steals a game. Yeah, he so, is going to be a, a defensive stronghold, especially moving on to the next guy. Without Musa Jallo, who said he would be in, uh, entering the uh, transfer portal. So that's why we need defense, because yeah. he was by far... Sad to see Musa go. Yeah. I felt like he he was a he was a likable guy. He was incredibly frustrating to watch def, uh, offensively. He was a liability on offense, but he was a great defensive player. He seemed to have good heart. We're going to miss Musa Jallo on the sideline of the Ohio State Buckeyes basketball team. Um, Eugene Brown, we're going to see him back. He got a little bit of playing time this year. Um, he's a guy out of Georgia. He was a pretty decent recruit. I'm excited to see where he comes. I always felt like he was kind of running with a, uh, like his head cut off. <laughs> Never really knew where he fit into the offense. He see, I mean, he's like, you know, he got some minutes. I mean, he kind of, I mean, the guy I'm really excited to see next year is Seth Towns. Yes. Um, finally, fully. A healthy self, uh. A, a help, excuse me. Healthy a South healthy Towns. Seth Towns. Man, that's a mouthful. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he obviously was, if you haven't seen this kid, I mean, at Harvard he was a beast before he kind of destroyed his Player knees. Player of the year in the, uh, in the Ivy League, right? Yeah, I mean, and he decided to come to Ohio State, and Duke was recruiting him too, and we won the battle against Duke, um, the recruiting battle. So, I mean, I'm excited for this team. It just didn't work out this year, but I still think we got a lot of youth on this team with Zed Key and, you know, I think Arns will be back. I think Dwayne will be back. I think... uh, I think Liddell will be back, too. I I think... I've heard rumors that those guys are testing the waters, um, could potentially enter the draft. mm -hmm. I think that's really just to get some expert... um, analysis on their game some things that they need to work on to potentially play at the next level which is the smart thing to do absolutely and it's not like they're ditching out on the team or anything like that it's just they are doing what's best for their professional career um coming up i'm excited to see where ibrahima diallo and fits into this lineup next year we saw him very very seldom in the season we wanted him to get some playing time, but like he's six foot ten. I mean, yeah, because we didn't have a dude over like six foot eight. I mean, Kyle Young was our top tallest guy at six foot eight. So we just and that's what this team needed was like a paint presence. Like we needed some height, and you and know, similar to Eugene Brown, uh, from what I've heard, he's not a great practice guy. Not that he doesn't have a a good work ethic, but that he's kind of. He hasn't really molded well into the game over here. Um, he is a Senegalese um, center. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know where he fits into that team next year, but having a six foot ten presence in the paint, like you mentioned, not only helps offensively but defensively with rebounding um, and stopping the drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see where this Ohio State team molds into. Um, I saw that they've added Malachi Branham out of St. Vincent St. Mary's High School in Akron. He's a four-star guy. Yeah, that is actually, that that's exciting. I mean, he, he is going to be a great addition to this team. I'm hoping that he gets some minutes maybe next year off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. I think that he was the highest-rated recruit out of Ohio um, for that 2021 class. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him play alongside 
um, fellow classmate uh, Michi Johnson, Zed Key. Um, they were all, uh, excuse me, Zed Key was 2020. Um, but Michi Johnson was supposed to be in that 2021 class. But I'm looking forward to seeing where this team goes um, into the future. Um, they all had a like you know kind of glimpses of like brilliance. I mean, Michi had a few like. I mean, it was in spurts, but I mean, it was it's still a positive. So and and he enrolled early. Like he was in high school as of December thirty first. So, yeah, yeah, and that's like, what I, I think people got to understand that like you know he didn't have a season to like train with the Buckeyes. He jumped into that role as a really. A second point guard? Yeah, like... Especially with C.J. Walker going down with that hand injury. Jimmy Sotos with the shoulder problem. He ended up finishing his season up early. Well, yeah, he was pretty much the backup point guard as you illustrated the C.J. Walker and Jimmy Sotos injuries. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited for... I I like to keep a lot of optimism. So, I mean, I'm excited for um, Ohio State basketball. And Justice Suing. I'm excited to see where he, he fits into that team next year. He really took... I, he took command of the point guard position um, while um, C.J. Walker was out. He's a big, he's a big guy. Like he's a big guard, as they say. Yes. Like he, uh, I mean, he can handle the ball. Like you know, he. I mean, and if he can develop a little bit stronger um, outside shot, I think he could be a game changer for the Buckeyes next season. Could maybe get on a couple draft boards just because of his size. I mean, honestly, his size. And he plays he decent might, defense. Yeah, he's not like a. He's a fine defender, yeah. Um, so, and so we're gonna talk about we're gonna shift to the Blue Jackets. Um, sadly, the Blue Jackets are beloved Blue Jackets. I mean, you know, so I've been talking with a few people, and obviously, I talk with Peyton. I mean, what I've been hearing is Felino is gonna go, and Savard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it's just for me, like, I think we got, like, stuck. I still think, I think the division is, like, very tough. Because, yes. like, Tampa, like, the two Florida teams, like, are the really The Florida Panthers good. are playing better than any team in the NHL right now. I believe I have it pulled up here. They lead the division. Um, 39 games played, 26 win, 9 losses, 4 overtime losses, mm-hmm. leading the division with 56 points. They are great. I mean, they're just like, they're playing their tails off, man. And it's just like, I mean, they, like, like it, I think it was kind of like, well, we all knew Tampa was good because they were defending champs. But it was like Florida was kind of like, oh. They're pretty good too. They're like kind of on par with Tampa for yeah. the most part. And obviously, you know, Carolina's decent, you know, and like the only the only gimme in the division was Detroit and we lost to Detroit back to back. So and it's just we are like currently um I have it here. We are we have one more win than arguably the worst team in the NHL, the Detroit Red Wings. Um, they have 31 points. We have 36 points, but we only have one more win. It's just the overtime lost points um, that separate the two teams. The Jackets are on a three-game losing streak. I mean, Peyton, this team is in a terrible, terrible position. I mean, Peyton, we have one win in the past, in the last six. Yeah, and we're like losing these games badly. Yes, like three nothing, five two, four one, three one. Like we're losing these games 
badly. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, I'm really not, like... And I, what are they going to do with the goalie? Like, I, I'm... They need to make their decision now. It's got to be Jonas Corposalo or it's got to be Elvis Merzlin. Well, it's... They've got to sell one of them to get some sort of pieces back. Because you're running out of time to put, like, a supporting cast. Obviously, they're getting rid of Felino. Felino's um, made it very clear to the Blue Jackets front office that he wants to be back next year. Um, they're probably still going to trade him away, but he will come back. He is a free agent at the end of the season. I'm not worried about that. Savard, I am... Savard's my favorite player. I mean, I should probably try to keep this, I don't know, a little less um, opinionated, a little more factual, but I, I have been a huge fan of David Savard ever since he's uh, strapped up with the uh, yeah with the Blue Jackets. He's a fan favorite. He's gritty. He plays hard. He's a zero nonsense guy. He's a likable guy. I mean, there's a there's a lot like honestly like the likable guys on the team like like people that I've heard like no complaints about are like Cam, mm-hmm. Seth, Boone. And I don't know, like, I have a friend that, like, doesn't like Savard. I'm like, and he's like... That literally makes no sense. I'm like, like, oh, he sucks. And I'm like, seriously? Like, I think he's a decent defender. I mean, like, he, like, him and Seth actually, I think they command kind of that, that, like, defensive... Like, I love Seth, man. I would get a Seth Jones jersey. Um, I mean, this team's not in a good place. I really can't spin it much optimism optimism and like, i heard that they might be making some moves with tampa um there was an article in the athletic yesterday that they might be moving david savard to the uh, tampa bay lightning uh, might need a little bit more depth defensively um splitting some time with some guys down there yeah um, i haven't really heard of any destinations for felino yet um i'm sure the boston bruins might be looking to package a deal with um, sean corrali mm-hmm. um he is a dublin ohio native um, apparently he's looking to move on from, um, that Boston squad. Um, that could really help with Blue Jackets center depth. Um, they don't really have any true centers on this roster right now, except for Roslevic. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly Tortorella does not like Domi in the center position. I've heard that they might be moving on from Domi, but nothing's certain, obviously, until they make a move. No one really knows. Whoa. Um, it's just like we just got Domi. Yeah. Like literally, the dude's been on the team for like, and he's played significantly better on the line that he's supposed to play on. Yeah, I mean, I hate how people on Twitter are like, "Oh, let's trade Domi." It's like, why? Like, it's literally like give I don't him understand. A shot at least, I mean, just give him like you. You guys like you know like you guys don't have a problem with Torts. Well, a lot of people have a problem with Torts, but like I don't know why Torts is still the coach. Man, it frustrates me. Like it's like. I don't know why he's still behind the bench, and I just I don't get it, bro. It's like they they can lose the Red Wings like ten times in a row, and they'll be like, "Oh, he's still our coach." Like I just I don't get it. And I was talking to my dad about this. It's a little too late to move on from Tortorella now. Sure. Um, clearly, a lot of guys have sold out already on Tortorella, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but why would you have to pay more for a long term assistant coach? Um, to step up, I don't know if that would be Brad Larson. I'm hoping they get rid of Brad Larson. He seems like a nice guy, but his power play is atrocious. Ha! Yeah, um, our our power play has been and it's consistently bad. been terrible. Yeah. Um, I know that they had Martin St. Louis um, help that 
power play unit. Um, I don't know if that was last year or the year before. Um, but this, this Blue Jacket team is in a horrible spot. Um, clearly, they're going to move on from Tortorella after the end of the season. Um, but, yeah. And I don't blame them. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's our Blue Jackets report for this week. Um, so our last topic, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, LeBron's legacy. We're both big LeBron fans. Um, so again, I'll just talk about kind of what, you know, kind of something I've seen, kind of a trend that's been going on. So, you know, I think I kind of, people get the wrong idea, like, you know, LeBron started the super team. And I, I kind of hate that notion because, in all honesty, he didn't start the super team. The Boston Celtics started the super team. With Rajon. Rajon. Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. Well, because KG. well because Ray Allen was on the Supersonics. That's right. I believe. And Kevin Garnett was on the T-Wolves. And, and Paul Pierce wasn't with the... Paul Pierce got drafted by the Celtics. Pier- yeah, Pierce yeah. and Rondo got drafted by the Celtics. But Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett wanted to team up with uh, uh, Pierce and Rondo. So honestly, in all honesty, that was the first super team. And they won a championship. Good for them. I mean, like, but it's like this notion that, like, oh, LeBron, like, started the super team. It's like, like, if anything... LeBron, like, he was kind of one of those guys, like, he tried to vie for, like, player empowerment. Mm -hmm. He wanted, like, player movement. He started player movement. Because, honestly, if LeBron would have stayed in Cleveland for almost going on two decades now, he'd have one. I don't even know if he had the one championship because they would not have been bad enough to get Kyrie. Yeah. So he might have zero championships if he wouldn't have gone to Miami. And I, I just... I, I think that's probably a hot take. Honestly, you think You think so? You yes. think he would have won a championship? Absolutely. I mean... LeBron, we talk so highly, and this whole segment is based on LeBron James's legacy. And if we do not think that just because of his supporting cast, he took... What was that, like 2005, 2006? Seven, yeah. Seven team, whatever. He took Drew Gooden, like, <laughs> Eric Snow, Eric, like, yeah. terrible Big roster. Z. But but the thing was... To the conference finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but the thing was, like, he took those guys to the finals. But, like, LeBron pleaded to the Cavs organization, to spend. Go, go get me some help. Yeah. And... It just didn't happen. No. They just like like again. David Griffin is one of the worst owners in. I think he's one of the worst owners in pro sports because like he had LeBron for eleven seasons. He he had the greatest player of all time to me for eleven seasons, and you get one championship. I just think it's like sad because like I think they could have done more to put more around him. And I think that's I mean that's not even a hot take. I mean that's just like literally when you have that great of a player, you have to do your best. There's a window and you have to stack the deck to try to get as many championships as you can yep. in that window. And there was even they even had an opportunity in 2017, after they lost to the Warriors, they had an opportunity to get Paul George and pair him with Kyrie and LeBron. They could have literally shipped 
Kevin Love to Indiana and Paul, or maybe it was Oklahoma City. I forget which team Paul George was on at that yeah. point. But it was he. They could have shipped uh, Paul George to Cleveland and then Kevin Love to Indiana or Oklahoma City, and they just didn't do it. They never pulled the trigger. I mean, they they pulled the trigger for Kevin Love, but it's kind of like with Kevin Love, I'm kind of just like. I liked Kevin Love. He was a nice player. He was a nice piece. But honestly, look back on those finals. He wasn't that great in those finals. Literally, I could make a case he was the fourth or fifth most important player on those finals teams because it went LeBron, Kyrie. I mean, honestly, this might be a hot take. Tristan Thompson was third. Like, literally, the dude, like, grabbed every rebound was a rebounding machine. Like, he literally grabbed every rebound. And then I would maybe put, like, J.R. Smith, because J.R. Smith, despite, like, the what people remember him for, like, forgetting the score, I mean, he had some big shots in those finals. Like, literally, I remember Game 7 against the Warriors. Um, I can even pull it up. At a half, they're down 7. J.R. Smith goes on a 7-0 run, ties it up. And literally, those 7 points, that was a huge 7-point run because that tied the game. And, like, so I honestly think, like, um, so, I mean, it's just, like, one of those things where, like, you know, Kevin Love was a decent acquisition, but could have they went and got Paul George or, like, other free agents at the time were, like, could have they gotten, uh, like, I don't know, like, Jimmy Butler or Clay Thompson when his contract expired, you know, and they just didn't do it. They didn't pull the trigger. I mean, and it's, like... Like, I just, I hate that notion when people compare LeBron's move to Kevin Durant's move. It's like, they're not the same thing. I hate when people do that. Like, it's like, Kevin Durant literally went to the team that he lost to. That'd be like if LeBron went to the Celtics after the 2010 Eastern Conference semifinals when he lost to the Big Four and Rondo, Pierce, uh, Allen, and Garnett. Like... It's just not the same, man. It's like like Kevin Durant literally went to the team like that just like went to Game Seven with LeBron, and what is it to do? It's all to beat LeBron. I've literally said that before. Everybody makes these super teams just to take down LeBron James. Yep. Like, and I, I mean, it's like it just frustrates me because people are like. Oh well, it's it's well, LeBron did it, so KD can do it to a more ex- like extent. Like I'm like, no, that doesn't make it okay. I mean, and like the Heat were like a second round exit, and like literally the the Warriors. If Steph Curry makes a couple shots in the final five minutes of that game seven, the Warriors probably have four rings instead of three rings yeah. in that five year stretch. So I mean, I just it's people on social media and Twitter are just like. You know, it just frustrates me because it's like, are you like, you know, you got to process this information like and it's like, it's just not the same thing in my opinion. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, so that kind of comes to the end of our show um, today. Um, I showed Peyton the Space Jam trailer. I'm pretty sure that trailer is awesome yeah definitely check it out if you i'm guys, looking forward to that mm-hmm, definitely check it out if you guys uh i'm trying to release date i think july 16th is the release date i'm gonna look it up right now july 16th so definitely look out for more trailers um on space jam 2 go see lebron on the big screen hopefully in a movie theater but we never know with covid 
Um, so thank you guys for tuning into our show today. Um, a couple big announcements coming up here in the future. Yep, uh, big announcements. A uh, name change is coming up, and we are working on a logo. Shout out to Peyton um, for that. And again, excited to have Peyton as a permanent member on the show here. Um, yeah, Peyton, thanks for uh, thanks for coming out today and yeah. talking. It was some a sports. great show. Um, don't forget crew Thursday night, eight o'clock Realistelli. Um, keep looking into this, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team moves that they're going to be making here in the next couple days. Um, in regards to the NHL trade deadline, um, we covered a lot in this show. Um, I'm sad that we're closing out on uh, March madness. Um, but it was great. Well, and, de- uh, yeah. it was awesome covering that with you. Well, de- yeah, definitely. Uh, the whole way we did a three week thing about the tournament. Um, Definitely coming up on uh, uh, shows in the future. We're going to talk Reds baseball, the end of the Blue Jackets season. We're going to talk everything uh, NFL draft coming up here soon. Yeah, looking forward mm -hmm. to that. We'll dive into that a little more. So uh, our goal this week, uh, let's try to get to 40 plays this week. Um, so shout out to Peyton for coming and kicking it with me, talking some sports and we'll see you guys next week. Peace out.